0: But actually what we're going to see, you can see what we're going to look at today is surprised by God. But actually in life we tend to get surprised by lots of different things. And sometimes it's good and sometimes they're kind of things that you wish you weren't surprised by. So things like receiving a surprise birthday party, for some of you would be like, yes, that's the most amazing things. While some of you say, don't you dare ever do a surprise birthday party for me. Um, For some of us, receiving that unexpected tax bill in the post is not a great surprise and actually during worship and i don't know why it came up during worship uh while we were just singing before but i was suddenly just taken back to a time when i'd been gardening and i came to wash my hands in the bathroom and as i looked up in the mirror there was this giant black spider on my shoulder and i'm not normally fussed by spiders but at that moment i was because it just totally freaked me out but actually surprises come on a regular basis. But there are times when surprises lead to kind of embarrassment as well. And years ago, I was um, flying out to um, Halifax in Nova Scotia in Canada. And, uh, and you know what it's like when you're packing your bags to go on a trip, you never seem to have the right case or right bag um, for what you need. And I suddenly remembered that my mum had moved out and moved to another um, property, and she'd asked, could we um, store her large kind of suitcase bags in, um, in the EVE space? And I said, yeah, absolutely. That's not, not a problem at all. When I came to pack my bags, I was thinking, actually, mum, could I borrow one of those bags? And she said, yeah, go for it. Um, you'll feel free to use it. So I kind of um, packed the bags of the stuff, and everything was fine, and went off and flew and arrived in Halifax in Canada. And if you know anything about the North American kind of... Uh, uh, kind of immigration, they, they don't play games, and uh, and you just have to be kind of play the game of just answering the questions. Don't try and joke or anything like that. And obviously, I must have not answered a question right because then they sent me on to then there's a secondary um, place where they like to search for your bags and then ask you more questions. Anyone experienced that in their lives? Anyway, so they plonk the bag onto the table, and the guy came over, and he says, um, "Is this your bag?" And I'm like, yes, it's my bag. What have you got in there? And in a moment, can you think of what's in your bag? The first thing I could say was pants. That's what I could say. And then I thought, think of someone else, socks, uh, clothing. And then I thought, this will be a really kind of get me in the good books. I've got a Bible in there, because I thought that would be a good thing to mention. Anyway, as I reeled off what was in the bag, the guy opened the bag and started to look and go, yeah, everything you're saying is, is fine. And then he turned the bag around and he said, what about in this side pocket? Now, there are some bags that you never, ever notice they've got an extra pocket, right? Anyone been in that one before? Yeah. And I went, there's nothing in there. It's okay. I I just know. I've never seen that pocket before, but I know there's nothing in there. So the guy kind of zips open and he peers in and he looks down as he's looking in and then he looks at me and I'm thinking... All right, and he looks down and looks at me again. And I kind of lean over and look down and look at him. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness. And he puts his hand in and he pulls out women's knickers and bras. right? <laughs> and so I look at him. He looks at me. And the only thing I could say in the moment is, they're not mine. Okay? <laughs> and, and in that moment, I thought, they're my mum's. She's moved out. Of her, when she moved house, she's obviously put some stuff in a bag and forgotten about the side pocket. Well, of course, when I came out, they did let me out and threw into Canada, amazingly and miraculously. But as I went through, uh, this is the days before WhatsApp, where you could take a photo and then send it, so I actually texted my mum and said, you won't believe this, but I've, the customs officer has found some bras and knickers in your, in your luggage. And she came back instantly and went, they're not mine. <laughs> And I'm thinking they're definitely not Kim's, all right? So I thought in that moment, right, they're going to come around with me right around Canada. And then when I come back home, I'm going to go back and show my mum. And when I got back home, mum's took in a carry bag and, and showed her and said, oh, yeah, they are mine. They are mine. And, and so actually surprises and embarrassing moments can come together as well. So it does depra- depend what kind of surprises happen affect us in lots of different ways. And so today, a surprise by God is something that I want us to to look at this morning. If you've got your Bibles with you, your phone apps, if I can ask that, don't look at your phone on anything else. Make sure it's got the Bible. I'll ask people next to you just to keep an eye that they're looking at the Bible, not kind of messaging their mates. All right. But actually, I've got the scripture on screen as well. Um, and what we're going to look at this morning is one of my favorite stories, and it's found in the New Testament, and it's in Acts chapter 12, verse 1 to 18. And this, this, this whole passage, if we want to say about surprised by God, there are so many examples of how people in the Bible got surprised by God. But this is one of those that you just in these kind of relatively short stories that you go, wow, God is an awesome God. And hey, church, when we sing these songs like we've done this morning, they're not just like we've done a singing worship um, session and then we're having the preach, and some of you might think, I'm, I'm looking forward to the coffee afterwards. Actually, that it all interlinks. We worship God with all our heart and with all our soul and with all our minds. And so when we do that, this is the story that I want us to focus on. Okay, And um, I'd also appreciate when we have Scripture on screen or lots of writing on screen, Sometimes it can be like, oh my goodness, there's lots of writing. But what we're talking about here is the Word of God. And so I want you to, as you kind of hear it, as you read it on screen, is just to allow God to kind of speak into you. And I tell you, every time you read Scripture, even though you might read the same story hundreds and hundreds of times throughout your life, there's always something new that God speaks to you about. And I've really enjoyed putting this um, uh, preach together. You can be the judge of whether it's actually any good, but actually in it is I've learned so many new things, even though I've read this story lots and lots of times. In fact, let's just close our eyes. Let's just pray. Holy Spirit, I just pray, come upon each one of us right now. Father, we love your word. We love your word is so powerful. And I pray for each individual. I pray that for myself as well this morning. That, Father God, you will help us to apply this word into our lives. That you'll speak into our lives. That, Father God, you will do something brand new in us this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So Scripture says, this is what the Scripture says. Now, about that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. Then he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread. So when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to keep him before the people after Passover. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to those for him by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out, that night Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers, and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison. And he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. Then the angel said to him, Gird yourself and tie on your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, Put on your garment and follow me. So he went out and followed him. And did not know that what was done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. When they were past the first and the second guard posts, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them of its own accord. And they went out and went down one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. And when Peter had come to himself, he said, Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel, and has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the Jewish people. So when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark. Just wish you could him John Mark's mum's house, probably easier. Where many were gathered together praying. And as Peter knocked at the door of of the gate, a girl named Rhoda came to answer. When she recognised Peter's voice, because of her gladness, she did not open the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter stood before the gate. But they said to her, "'You are beside yourself.' yet she kept insisting that it was so. So they said, it is his angel. That was the reason they came up with. Now Peter continued knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. But motioning with them, with his hand to keep silent, he declared to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison, and he said, go tell these things to James and to the brethren, or brothers. And he departed and went to another place. Then as soon as it was day, there was no small stir among the soldiers about what had become of Peter. But when um, Herod had searched for him and had not found him, he examined the guards and commanded them that they should be put to death. And he went down from Judea to Caesarea. But let's give a quick overview, because I know that some of you may not be familiar with God's word. And sometimes we can jump into these stories, and sometimes we don't then have the context of what was going on. So the book of Acts is in the New Testament, and it follows straight after Matthew, Mark, Mark, Luke and John, and those are known as the Gospels, which tell the life and uh, the birth, the life and the death and resurrection of Jesus. And the book of Luke is written by Luke, um, who actually, if you want to get an overview of how the church started and everything happened, then read the book of Luke then go straight into the book of Acts, because it's like that to be continued from Luke into the book of Acts. And because it's Acts chapter 12, obviously a lot has happened. And so these are just a couple of the bullet points. Um, So Jesus has died, resurrected, and at this point he's about to be ascended to, to heaven. Um, And he tells the disciples to wait in Jerusalem for the promise of the Holy Spirit. And it's not like that's a sudden surprise. He's been building up to it, talking about sending the helper, the counselor, the advocate, the uh, comforter, all these different things about the promise the Holy Spirit is going to come upon all believers. So they wait and the Holy Spirit is God. So Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And the believers are about 120 in this upper room, and it talks about in Acts 2, they're being baptised in the Holy Spirit for the first time, like a mighty rushing wind comes in. And at that point, these people that were kind of hidden, ran away from um, knowing Jesus. Peter um, infamously did that. Um, When, uh, do you know Jesus? No. Well, actually, when the Holy Spirit came upon them, Peter was the first one to preach. And they kind of bundled out of the upper room, And people came to hear, what was this all going on about? And then it talks about thousands come to know Christ. What an amazing preach that would have been. But at the moment, the believers are persecuted and they scatter. But this is how the goodness of God works. And the fact that he's above all things. That wherever they were scattered, they took the good news. Where the good news took place, people's lives were transformed. And churches began, church communities began to be established. And it's a reminder, church, and we should never ever be surprised by this, that when we see the miraculous, when we see the presence of God advancing, we see amazing happen, things happen, not far behind is opposition. Yeah? That's what happens. But it's a constant reminder. And one of the things that will happen in, in when we baptise people in a few weeks' time, we'll be praying over them that actually they will be protected from the schemes of the enemy. Because time and time again over the years of being involved in, in church life, you hear opposition, whether that's through family, friends, or just some weird things happen. But in all these times, we've got the presence of God that we can pray over people. And obviously, I've missed loads of stuff out in what's happened in the book of Acts. But over the last uh, several months, I've just been reading and rereading through that book. And I've just been stirred, found it so helpful, and um, just reminded of how God works. And uh, in this story, as we just catch up to what's actually um, happened in this story, is the fact that James, who's one of the early disciples, uh, one of uh, uh, Jesus' first 12 is killed by the orders of king herod now one of these things and i'll be honest sometimes i see herod and i think is that the same herod as the other herod and all this kind of stuff no actually this herod in acts 12 is the grandson of the herod that you read of um, at like the early life of jesus and he actually he saw how of a popular vote he received when james was killed so he planned to do the same with peter so he had, a, had him arrested and thrown into prison. But there had to be a delay. And ironically, the delay is because of a Jewish festival on unleavened bread, which is linked to the Passover, which was seven days. So Herod knew he wasn't going to do anything in that time. So this title today, Surprised by God, is I want us to look at four people or um, groups of people that were simply surprised by God. And I'm literally this morning kind of dipping in and out of these with um, the desire and the hope that you'll be reminded that God can surprise you today, that God continues to surprise people today and forevermore. He's not a God that's going to go rah on you, all right? He's not that kind of God. He's a God that can sometimes take your breath away because you're just left in a place of just being in awe of who he is. You know those moments when we gather, and it doesn't have to just be on a Sunday morning, when either you're praying with a group of people or just singing worship songs to God, you have those kind of like those holy moments, yeah? Those moments where you don't want to move on, you just want to wait. Those are really good surprising moments when you just go, I just enjoy being in the presence of God. So back to this story in Acts chapter 12. So the first person to be surprised by God is Peter. Let's look at what he actually remarks as his kind of the moment, this revelation for him. Verse 11, and when Peter had come to himself, he said, now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the Jewish people. Let's have a reminder of Peter's impossible situation. He was bound with two chains between two soldiers And there were guards posted on the door and other soldiers at guard posts on the way to the iron prison gate. I think we would be surprised if we were in his position that as an angel of the Lord turned up on the scene, just look at the miraculous of what happens. A light shone in. The soldiers didn't wake up. Peter's chains fell off and they wouldn't have been like, just gently fall to the floor, they would have made lots of clinky-clonky kind of noise as it fell. The soldiers didn't wake up. Peter went past the first and second guard posts. The soldiers didn't wake up. And the iron gate opened, and no one even noticed. And I think when it describes an iron gate, all I can think in my mind is a nice squeaky iron gate, because I'm sure WD-40 didn't exist back then in those days. But church, it was in a miraculous moment that even Peter didn't realise it was really happening as he thought he was dreaming, or as scripture describes it, he he thought it was a vision that was happening. But all of a sudden, Peter realises that it truly happened and he's been set free. Peter is surprised by God. And he suddenly finds himself outside of the the prison gates. The angel has left him. He suddenly realises what's happening and you can imagine in the middle of the night, the streets are quiet. And I just thought of it just now. The angel left him there and then. You could have thought, well, but the angel could have led him to the kind of the place where he should go. It's like, no, you're free. Off you go. And it would have been quiet. And he must have thought, what do I do this moment? And actually at that moment he thinks, I need to go to Mary's house. And he must have known that's where the church had gathered. So he suddenly finds himself kind of wandering, very, well, I say wondering, probably running, um, thinking at that moment, is there going to be an alarm going to be kind of set off with somebody that's escaped? And it's at that moment we go, Peter is surprised by God. Let's move on to the next person that's surprised by God, which is um, Rhoda. Rhoda is one of these that, um, in fact, I'll come on to that in a second. Let's read this, verse 14. When she recognised Peter's voice... Because of her gladness, or simply Rhoda being overjoyed with excitement, she did not open the gate, but ran and announced that Peter stood before the gate. Sometimes in scripture, names of people are not revealed. And sometimes in these little kind of what seems a cameo moment, Rhoda, the servant girl, is mentioned. And I love the fact we have a name that we can say, it's Rhoda. And um, there are many times in the Bible that you can really picture the scene of a kind of the, it being acted out, and this is one of the best. And actually, it's one of those comedic moments that you see in Scripture. And you can imagine Peter is kind of trying to frantically knock at the door, but also not trying to be too noisy to get the kind of attention of other people. It says that afterwards, Rhoda could hear his voice, so maybe he was going. Psst. Let me in. It's Peter. Let me in. I mean, let me in. Let me in. And just kind of like maybe just different volumes of voices. And then that moment he must have been feeling of actually, I can hear those footsteps in the distance of getting louder and louder and thinking, wow, I'm going to be now let in. And then moment hearing do 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 as it goes off in a different direction and thinking, why didn't I get let in? And what we know happened is Rhoda, in her sheer Excitement, and probably one of those high-pitched eek sounds that sometimes you hear from people when they get really excited. You know, they eek, kind of like, I'm really, really excited. She runs back inside and tells the church, and what is the church doing? What was the church doing? Praying. praying. Okay, that's what they were doing. So in the midst of the praying, Rhoda runs in, And an excitement voice, which I'm sure she wasn't keeping quiet, even though that as a role of a servant girl, she wanted to get their attention. And she says she recognizes Peter's voice and the fact that he is outside. I do wonder at that moment if she goes, He's knocking. Oh, flip. I've left him out there. But actually, she persists. And even when there's a group of people, and we know what it's like when there's a group of people, even though you think, you know it's the truth. Have you ever stood in front of people and you're trying to tell a story or trying to share something and then everybody's looking at you? Like now. You get that moment where you think, actually, it's me, feels like it's me against them trying to put a point across. That must have felt maybe a bit intimidating for this servant girl. But it says, Rhoda persists, even when they knocked her back and said, no, it must be an angel. Well done to Rhoda for persisting, to say, no, it is Peter knocking at the door. And it says that Peter continued to knock, and with her being insistent, the church, the group of people went to investigate. So the next people that are surprised by God, is the church. So let's just reel back here a moment. So verse 15, so they said to her, you are beside yourself, yet she kept insisting that it was so. So they said it is his angel. That's, that's, they tried to reason with it. And do you know in, in life, even though we, we sing songs and we pray over one another and we declare that actually God is the God of miraculous, and then we begin to reason in our own kind of way. And I even find it when I pray for people, I will ask God for the miraculous. And then afterwards, just to chat to them, I then try and bring an earthly kind of reason about, have you tried phoning this person to get an answer? It's like, Nathan, shut up. What we need to do is say, no, if we have prayed for the miraculous, we need to wait on God and believe he is the one that can do the miraculous. And he is the one that brings an answer to prayer. And it says here that as Peter continued knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, Surprise, surprise, they were astonished. And he said, go and tell these things to James and to the brothers. And he departed and went to another, another place. So we got the church that's surprised by God. And I will be totally honest with you, I've probably had the wrong attitude or the wrong kind of thinking when I've come to this part of this passage Because for so many years, I used to think how daft this group of people were that were praying and yet didn't believe that the answer was at the door. And the problem when you come to things like that is that you can actually start to miss on the power and the sheer wonder of what is going on. My viewpoint overshadowed something that was really, really important the church was praying. This is really, really important for each one of us to listen to this bit. The church had gathered and were praying. And not only that, I am also guilty that I will say, if someone says, can you pray for this or pray for me or pray for that, you might know, come through a message or whatever, I'll say, yeah, I'll pray for you. And I, I kind of give one of those, sometimes those blessed thoughts of, yeah, Lord Jesus be upon them. Now, Actually, there's nothing wrong with praying for that way because sometimes we need to do some of those, let's describe in the past like a bullet prayer in those moments, like Nehemiah in the Old Testament to the king. It says he says he's, he's praying in the Holy Spirit. He's praying under his breath. We need those moments where actually it may not be appropriate to suddenly pray out loud, but actually you can pray. On the, God hears all prayers. But what I'm saying here is that we can learn something about the church was gathering and was praying and the key thing in the verse here, it talks about they were praying constantly, okay? And if you look at that, that word constantly, it also means fervently. So they weren't going, Lord Jesus, let Peter out of prison. Amen. What we're talking about is that this was just like constant. They were asking God. They were saying, Lord Jesus, let Peter out. Whatever happens, however it can happen, we're praying for miracles, you know, in a couple of weeks, or I don't know, Upfest is in three weeks' time, yeah? Uh, there's a prayer evening coming up, okay? We don't turn up to the prayer evening, praying for Upfest, by going, Lord Jesus, let us have a lovely time, okay? What we want to pray for is be a church that is praying constantly and fervently. So you don't have to wait for that evening to say, let Upfest. In fact, I may mean, even hear myself say this. Lord Jesus, we pray for your Holy Spirit to move amongst each and every person that comes on this site for Abfest. Lord Jesus, we pray lives will be transformed. Father, I pray for miracles to take place. You know, that, that, let that be the starting place, and then pray into specific areas. Maybe an area you're serving in. Focus on that. If you're involved in welcome, or if you're involved in the seminars, or if you're involved in the children's work, or if you're involved in in serving the refreshments, whatever it is, you can focus, you can be selfish in prayer in that area where you're serving. What we don't want to be satisfied with is saying, let's have a lovely time, God. No, what we want to say is we want to see the miraculous. We want to see many people surprised by God. But not only that, not just at Upfest, on Sunday mornings, when the youth gather, when the children gather in our small groups, in our gatherings, when we're sitting and having a meal together, Lord Jesus, we want the miraculous to take place. Amen? Amen? Okay, good. So the church is constantly praying. And this is also a timely reminder that we should never ever underestimate the power of prayer. When the church gathers to pray, things happen. They're not a coincidence. Why? Because our prayers are aimed towards God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the one that does signs and wonders each and every day. There are people being saved today. Praise God. People are being set free of sickness. People that are in the most impossible situations that have an answers to prayer today. I think there is something going on here that when the church is praying, this coincidence, there isn't just this coincidence going on. Let's look at this. All right, when the church prayed, God sent an angel to the prison. When the church prayed, Peter's chains fell off. When the church prayed, soldiers didn't wake up. And when the church prayed, the iron gate opened by itself. And when the church prays, expect miracles to happen because our Heavenly Father is a God of miracles. And the amazing privilege that we have is that God doesn't say to us, I've got this, you just back off. I don't want you to be involved. He invites us to partner with him. He knows our hearts and he knows our desires. He knows the things on our hearts, of things that we're concerned about or, 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 or finding very, very difficult or concern for loved ones. He just invites us to bring that to Him. He is such a lo- loving, heavenly Father. He cares everything about what you care for. And He hears the prayers of the church gathering. And a miracle takes place. Can you imagine how encouraged they were, even though they kind of didn't believe Rhoda? It's an angel, and then they, it says they were astonished. <gasps> kind of moment. But actually, when they open the door, can you imagine the faith? that began to raise up in them. Now, what Scripture doesn't say is because the church prayed, all these these things happen in the the prison, okay? I don't want to kind of add Scripture in, but I think there's moments where you go, I think there's too much of a coincidence going on that the church has got a heart, they're praying, and things happen at the same time. Church, when we pray, let's be in faith that God's going to answer So now we have Peter, Rhoda, and the church all surprised by God. This leaves the last remaining group, which is a complete opposite to how the church, Rhoda, and Peter were feeling. Um, And this is talking about actually the outsiders, Herod and the soldiers. Um, Then verse 18, there was no small stir among the soldiers about what had become of Peter. When Herod had searched for him and not found them, he examined, examined the guards and commanded that they should be put to death. Um, not a happy ending for the soldiers. But actually, what happens is that as a soldier or prison guard, if in those days, if you lost your prisoner or they escaped, effectively you take their place. Uh, Chrissy spoke a few weeks ago about the jailer that was about to kill himself because there was an earthquake and he thought the prisoners had escaped. Do you remember that in the book of Acts later on? he was going to kill himself because he knew that, hey, I might as well do it now because once they all find out, I'm going to be killed. Someone else is going to do it. But actually what happens is the grace of God is that actually Paul sh- shouts out in the darkness and the jailer and his family are saved. But in this story, when, um, when the sun comes up the next day inside the prison, there must have been complete bedlam. All the soldiers trying to work out what's happened, they're... They're obviously asleep, and Peter's right there. There's no way he can get out. He's chained. He's bound. And it's just not me guarding him here. There's, there's people on the guard post, and there's a big iron gate. It's impossible for Peter to escape. They open their eyes in the morning, and they're like, where's he gone? The chains are on the floor. What, what's happened? And I'm sure there were probably conspiracy theories that were being spread around of someone must have been on the inside letting all, letting him out. But whatever happened, they were searching high and low for him. And as I say, not only that, but they knew that if they cannot find him before the news got to Herod, that was it. Their lives were going to be ended. It says that Herod questions or examined the soldiers. And Herod at this point, we've got to imagine he must have been fuming. He must have felt humiliated and highly embarrassed with the situation because he knew how popular he was that James had been murdered by the Jewish people who were probably going, that's great. Peter's next. Fantastic. We've lost Peter. What? What's happened? And so it says he examines them, and he has them killed. Acts 12 then goes on, just at the end of this, this story, it talks about that actually Herod um, then moves on into Tyre and Sidon. And basically, they, um, he's angry, and that, look, just those few verses tell us that Basically, they try and treat him to please him. They try and idolize him and worship him like a god with a small g. And it talks about that actually Herod loves that and says, hey, I'm a a god. And our god sends an angel and strikes him down. And why I say that is because in those few verses after this passage that we've been looking at this morning, in verse 24, the very last verse in Acts chapter 12, it says this but the word of God grew and multiplied. Even though the schemes of man try to squash down what God can do and about who he is, we can take encouragement because we know it will never, ever work. God is above all things. I'm living with this phrase, I've said it last time I preached, but the name of Jesus is above every other name. That's what I find myself saying under my breath all the time. The name of Jesus is above every other name. God is on the advance. And I would just encourage you, be careful what you read or the news that loves to portray that the church is dying. I just think churches that haven't got their eyes fixed on Jesus are dying. What we need to make sure is that we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Continue to be a church that loves the Word and the Spirit continue to love doing the kind of stuff we're doing on the outside in the mission. Have that desire to say, Lord, we want to see people's lives transformed. We want to see them saved and, and added. Not so Shiloh looks incredible in the sense of, hey, we've got more people coming. No, it's all for the glory of God. That's our agenda. That is our heart. It's because it's all for his name and his name only. We never do things because we want our name up in lights. It's all for the glory of God. Amen? So the story of Peter's escape also, and the reason I've used this part of the story, is that when news like this doesn't just affect Peter, Rhoda and the church, as we've been looking at, it also actually has an impact on the outsiders. Now we know the, uh, the kind of the sad event that happened to the soldiers, but it would have been the talk of the town. People would have known that actually... Do you know Peter or do you know about this prisoner that escaped? Do you know the story that actually had soldiers all around them and, and yet they woke up in the morning and he, and he wasn't there? When the miraculous happens, I was about to say it's infectious, but since we've had the pandemic of COVID over the last two years, that word probably isn't helpful in a preach. But, but actually, when we hear stories of the miraculous, it spreads. We hear about the goodness. It encourages us, doesn't it? Kim and I have just started a small group recently and just beginning to know people in the group and just hearing little snippets of stories. We share stories of the goodness of God because it stirs up faith. It does something in our souls. It joins us together because we all go, it's not just a coincidence, God is at work at you, maybe like 40, 50 years ago, but he's the same God that may have done something in your life yesterday. So as we've seen, Peter, Rhoda, the church, Heron and soldiers who are mentioned in this story are all surprised by God in some shape or form. And so more and more in my life, as I read Scripture, I, I ask God, what is it that I could apply in my life, or what is it that you want to highlight? You know Sometimes when you read something, you, you want it to kind of words to come out of the page and you just want to go, "Ah, that's what I want to take away today." just want to finish off with just one or two things and, and then just come into a time of response. Because actually in, in applying this today, it's really, really important. Because as we look about the fact that Peter in prison, we apply it by knowing that if you're a follower of Jesus in this place today, you already know that we were imprisoned. And when the moment that God revealed himself to us and we accepted him into our lives, the miraculous took place. We've all experienced the presence and the joy of when Jesus comes into our lives. And, he's, and if you don't know Jesus in this place today, he can set you free today as well. We believe that as a church, that you connect with God today, he can change you there and then. There's not like this process of you've got to go on a four-week course. No, he can change your life today. For every believer in the room, when we talk about prison... We all know that we were in prison with our sin-filled lives. And in fact, in the way we lived, we deserved to be in prison because we are guilty, trapped with all our guilt and shame and condemnation, no way out. We just knew that our lives were going to permanently be behind bars. And what happens is our sin, which is an offence to God, means that because God's holy, we cannot be together and we deserve to be permanently separated from the love of God Yet he made a way so that we could be set free. We know this passage in John 3 verse 16 very, very well. I went to Sunday school many years ago. This was kind of like, um, spoke about a lot. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, because I have to say this, they never talked about verse 17. Verse 17. And one day in my Bible, I turn over the page, which verse 17, which says this, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And God's kingdom is complete opposite to this world that we live in today. When we think of surrendering, we think of people being arrested captured, put behind bars in prison, taken into captivity. So that could be like a hostage taker. That could be a soldier surrendering to the enemy. It could be someone on the run that goes, that's it, I, I give up. But when it comes to surrendering to God, we first must recognize that we deserved to be in prison. We deserve to be condemned. However, as we surrender our lives to God, by recognizing what Jesus has done for us, we are set free from prison. Can you see how God's kingdom is totally upside down? That actually in this world, you surrender, you go behind bars, or you're put in prison or whatever. But actually when you surrender your life to Jesus, he takes you out of prison and you are set free. In Ephesians 2, verse 1 to 10, just linking in with this today. Verse 1. chapter 2, Ephesians, And you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we were all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as others. Quite depressing at that point. Let's read this out together. But God, right, let's do it because I've really emphasized this, all right? But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ by grace. Well done. And then when we go from surrendering our lives to to God, where we kind of put up our hands and say, this is it, Lord, I surrender today. It goes from surrendering to lifting up our hands in praise. Because then we begin that journey of knowing he is the one that's worthy to be praised. So just tying this all up, let's just go back. Verse 16 of this story, Peter in prison. Now, Peter continued knocking And when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. I'm going to do a bit of a naughty thing. I'm going to change scripture. Don't come up to me at the end. Because I just want to change one word. And this word is Jesus. Now Jesus continued knocking. And when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. If you believe Jesus already in this place today then you know you were astonished by the goodness and the grace of God in your life. I want to invite you today that maybe if you've drifted away from knowing God, he always invites you to come back, to draw close to him. Or maybe today you've been saying, I want to, I'm thinking about giving my life to Christ, but I want to put it off because I want to get other things sorted out. Those things, don't worry about all those things. For others, it might be, well, I need to get everything sorted out and understanding how Jesus works and and what it is to live it like. uh, like What will my friends say? What will will work say? What will all this kind of fill your mind with? Well, I'm just going to leave it for another day, another day. We don't know, folks, what's going to happen tomorrow. My encouragement today is maybe God is knocking on your door today. And what I want to say is he is inviting you to open up your life. And one thing that I know, and I can share a testimony, I know there'll be many in this room today, we can all say that we were astonished when we encountered the presence of God because of his goodness and his faithfulness and his loving kindness over you today. For others who may be just waiting for a miracle, who might be saying, I'm really in an impossible situation. I'm feeling really, really stuck. Don't leave this place today going, I know they invited us forward for prayer, but I left that for somebody else because I'm a really nice person. In those moments when anyone says to you, prayer, ministry, or the enabling teams available to be, for you to be prayed for, those are moments where you can say, I want to be selfish, and I want to come because I know that I need to be either prayed for as a person, for, for what's going on in my life, or I want, can you just please help pray for a person that you know is on your heart right now? Maybe you're sick, and you need to ask for healing. I want to say, church, are you willing to be surprised by God, by the miraculous God who loves you?